Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Locked on Wild, your Minnesota Wild every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your host, Joe Bully of 10krings.com, and with me is Tony Abbott of 10K Rings as well. Tony, how you doing? I am doing okay, Joe. I uh, had an interview yesterday, so uh, so wish me the best of luck. Hopefully, I, I sounded not at all like I sounded these podcasts and actually <laughs> sounded good and coherent for, uh, for a half hour. Uh-huh. Yeah, and if I did that, I crushed it. So. Hey, all right, sounds good. And uh, today we're uh, joined by a special guest from, uh, man, you were on one of our first shows of uh, Lockdown Wild. Uh, back then you were known as Dirk Pedersen. <laughs> um, and uh, so uh, we're happy to bring back Derek Peterson. Uh, Derek, how you doing today? I'm doing great. It's uh, Thanks for having me, guys. It's always a pleasure to be on the show. And I, yeah, <clears throat> I, I was Dirk Pedersen, but I, I really think... You know, hockey just wasn't for me. It's it's just not going to work out. So I think I'm going to stick to podcasting and, and uh, posting on Twitter. Well, now you're, you're, you're not even starting to look like you could be an 18-year-old prospect. Like, now you can only pass for 20. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's uh, You know, maybe I can make a decent ECHL player, but, you know, <laughs> I just don't think the, the big leagues is for me anymore. You could have roomed with Philip Johansson. <laughs> Yeah, we we, got, we have a lot of the same skill set, I would say. <laughs> so uh, that, that's good to hear that Philip has good takes. Then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, today I know uh, there's a few things that we want to get into. Um, so I know Tony, you had a couple of things you wanted to lead off, maybe with. Yeah, I mean, I obviously the uh, the huge story of, of today is uh, the uh, Milwaukee Bucks starting uh, basically a wildcat strike uh, through the NBA. They uh, they announced that they were not going to be playing their game uh, after the events that have happened in uh, Milwaukee, which uh, mm-hmm. where uh, a policeman shot a uh, another unarmed black man in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, there's been unrest uh, escalated at every turn by the police and which culminated in a... Uh, 17-year-old white supremacist militiaman uh, shooting three people and killing two, I believe. Yeah. It's uh, it's not a pretty sight right now. Um... I- I'm sorry. I should I should absolutely uh, say his uh, his name, Jacob Blake, who was shot seven times in the back in front of his kids, which is just even mm-hmm. there there aren't any words. Right. I'm always a tougher words here. Like I can get up and say something and get on my soapbox, but as a, you know, a, a white guy living way out in the country and uh, kind of the heart of, um, you know, rural America here, I always feel like I'm one of the, the last people that need to say something. But, uh, you know, 
you know, when I saw Matt Dumba's uh, quote, uh, it made me feel like, okay, at least I'm, at least if I talk about it and bring it up and try to raise awareness, I do feel like even as a white guy that I uh, can still affect change. Yeah, I'm definitely with you, Joe. I, I, whenever these things happen, which is constantly and all the time now, I just feel like my voice is not the one that needs to be amplified. So I try to stay out of things. Um, but you know, it's just terrible to see. And I, I really wish that the NHL would have done something other than right. uh, put up a big sign with uh sans serif font that says end racism on a, on a jumbotron and act like that's good enough. Um, but I will say I was, uh, hoping for more expecting, um, <laughs> nothing. And I was still disappointed. I shouldn't be laughing, but that's kind of the sentiment is... It's a joke. At every turn, at every turn, the NHL continues to just figure out a way to disappoint. I mean, I thought with what Matt Dumba did during the... At the onset of this this return to play with the speech that he had, the kneeling, I thought it was great. Um, I thought the, the, the arm raised during the anthems were great. But he was also left alone. And so, like, I not only was I disappointed by kind of like the NHL at large, but I was like really preparing myself to get disappointed by the Minnesota Wild. And they they didn't disappoint in me getting disappointed with it. And um, and he absolutely is right. If you saw the quote, he had an interview on Sportsnet in Canada. Yep. Sportsnet 650, which I believe is where our friend. Uh, Justin Morissette, I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what a speaking of Justin Morissette, uh, what a thing he's going through. Um, I, I didn't catch the show yesterday, Tony, but did you talk about the situation? Yep. Uh, we, we we talked about uh, about uh, Justin on uh, on the show that uh, that dropped uh, on Wednesday. Uh, go ahead and listen to that to hear his story and how you can uh, you can donate to uh, to help out with uh, with him. Yeah, I guess in a nutshell, he was uh, st- sticking up for uh, people that were um, that uh, were getting belittled by other people um, due to sexual orientation and whatnot, and and uh, he ended up basically having his knee mangled and his leg destroyed uh, because of it. So, uh, anyways, that's that's not even. I'm sorry, I'm getting way off topic. This is still something that continues to pop up here in in the USA and it's uh it's always troubling every time and and I will admit that I, I saw the headlines I saw the video it's it's gut-wrenching when you see it when you and you can count the number of shots that are entering a man's back from behind and it's troubling and we cannot stand for this I, I saw an interview on ESPN with Chris Weber he said a perfect perfectly that uh, if not now even in a time of a pandemic he kind of laughed at himself to keep from crying basically because of how outrageous this whole situation happens to be um if not now when and i guess i'm ready to just say now like this has to be done now because um it's 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 sickening because uh you know everybody wants to try to I don't, maybe not everybody, but I do see people trying to justify it saying, well, well, look at what the call that he was called, that the police were called to, or look at this and look at that. And, uh, and, and the fact of the matter is the police are not the judge, jury and executioner. And 
we continually see this happen with black men and women in this country two more thoughts that i have and 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 then i'll uh be done saying what i have to say uh the first is uh i i know that uh, i know what you said about how you know it feels like you know as 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 a white dude uh who lives in a rural area yours is the last voice to uh that needs to be heard and maybe that's right uh but at the same time like we can offer and do offer our solidarity with uh with the people out there uh protesting against police violence in kenosha people who are literally risking their lives right now uh to uh to uh to try to to win some justice and and i think that uh that that is important that uh that maybe our voices shouldn't be the loudest but we should definitely be speaking up in solidarity that is certainly what matt dumba uh wants uh from what he said when he said quote i hope guys find it in them to stand up you can't keep coming to uh the minority players or or in our case i guess minorities every time there's a situation like this the white players uh in our league in in our uh I guess uh, to relate to us white people uh, need to have answers for what they're seeing in society right now and what they stand or where they stand. I know there's a lot of them that are good people. There's a lot of good people in hockey, but the silence is almost as bad as violence. You know, you have to step up, really hear people's stories and have that empathy and understanding of where they're coming from and why we're doing what we're doing right now. So that's that's the first thing. The second thing is it is so cool and so powerful to see. Uh, the Bucks and and the rest of the NBA, and uh, in baseball the uh, the Milwaukee Brewers and the Cincinnati Reds use their power to. Don't forget about the Seattle Mariners too. And the Seattle Mariners. Sorry. If I remember right. The Mariners have the most African American players on their team, so I do want to make sure that we're not forgetting them. Yeah, absolutely. I I did not see Seattle, but thank you. Um, so they they use their power to step out and the reason why it matters is because the owners of these teams are very powerful people who are very plugged into politics and put a lot of money into ensuring that basically nothing about our system changes so what they're doing is actually extremely powerful and is being felt by the people who need to be uh to be feeling the pain that comes from a strike so those are the two things that I have to say. Oh, I'm sorry. And that it is absolutely a joke. It is at best cowardly, at worst, just a sign that NHL players do not care about this at all, that uh, that they are not partaking in these actions tonight. And I think, I think the ones that do care are just being silenced by their own team and other internal pressures also because... Yes. So one thing that will always stick with me is is a, there was a Colorado Avalanche player who did an interview last year, and he was asked about the the Pride Night that all the teams put on, or I should say most of the teams put on. Um, and he was asked about using the the rainbow hockey tape that a lot of the guys will use during warmups for that for that day. And he said he likes it and he likes the idea, but he would never put it on his stick because he doesn't want to get made made fun of by his own teammates. So, I mean, I think that tells you enough about the type of influence and pressure and the type of people that are on these teams where you know something as simple as putting um a rainbow tape on your hockey stick you know is is grounds for being made fun of in the nhl so it's it's awful to to see that they're not able to do anything more powerful but at the same time completely unsurprising 
I do want to take a break, but there are a couple things I do want to touch on when we come back uh, about this subject and just kind of a racial injustice across the board. Um, so we are going to take a break right now. Uh, please come back. You're listening to Locked on Wild. It's Joe Bully with Locked on Wild right back here with you to talk to you about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is the online auto parts store that's been serving customers for the last 20 years. And uh, what they've been doing is uh, they, what they've been doing is, is with a gigantic catalog that's been easy to search and uh, has just basically every part you're ever going to look for, uh, whether it's new carpet, brake parts or tail lamps or even motor oil, you can find it and search it in their giant catalog on rockauto.com. And you know what? It ships and it arrives to your doorstep and you don't have to go anywhere for it. You don't have to go into that local chain store where, you know, what's going on there is there's kind of some double tier pricing going on because they're giving the uh, the mechanics, uh, the, the regular customers a, a backhanded deal. You're getting the markup and you're not saving any money. And when you're a do-it-yourselfer, that's why you're doing it because you want to save money. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all of the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. It's amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Welcome back to Locked on Wild. It's Joe and Tony from 10K Rinks, joined by Derek Peterson. Derek, how how how, it's been a while again. So uh, again, uh, you I think you told us offline that you have a another dog. Yes, two dogs now. Uh, one is medium size. The other is very small size. Um, but that means he has more attitude. So it's been keeping me busy during the the pandemic times. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm just glad that I have some additional companionship during this this hard time. Uh, you got to tell us their names for, for the listeners. Uh, the, so I have one that's two years old. He's a blue merle miniature Australian shepherd. His name is Oslo. And then I have a red merle miniature Australian shepherd. His name is Bjorn. That's there you go. a small guy. Yeah, all right. You're, uh, a, we, you're an Agnathon and Ani away from uh, from starting <laughs> Abba. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep those in the back pocket for the next two. But hopefully I'm dead before that happens. They don't bark. <laughs> they don't bark. They just go flirty, flirty, hurty, hurt. <laughs> They uh, they uh, they so bark out disco beats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are definitely pro dog on this show. So, uh, although Tony uh, might not seem like it when Dober likes to bark during the middle of the show. <laughs> no, it's great. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's real great. It's well. Uh, I do want to get back to kind of the topic at hand. We are talking about obviously the the. The more unrest that's taken in place in uh, eastern Wisconsin, uh, following the 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 shooting by police of Jacob Blake. Um, the good news is, is that he is alive right now, and uh, he will we will be able to get his side of the story on this eventually. Which I, I guess we got to say is uh, we didn't get with George Floyd, and we didn't get with Breonna Taylor. Um, so at least there's one small silver lining that hopefully we can get justice off of this based off of uh actual testimony from the victim here so uh, but you've seen unfortunately in a lot of cases that uh that even even uh testimony uh video footage any 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 evidence that you have like and that's that's part of the reasons why there have been protests and and they have not in some places they have not stopped since mm-hmm. uh since george floyd's murder um that uh that it it almost 
doesn't matter how much evidence you have your justice is is extremely tough to uh to come by unfortunately right my sister-in-law so my wife's sister uh they're not married yet but she um she is living with and they've been together now for quite some time and they now have two kids but he's a he's a black man and he's he's a very black man and what i mean like he's got a, a a very dark skin tone and he him and i have had conversations sitting out on the deck um you know hanging out with the kids birthday parties or whatever and we've had a conversation and um just kind of about what's going on and how just kind of ridiculous this whole thing is and that uh you know he's one of those he he as a black man he grew up his mother told him like yeah you're gonna have to really total you know be be straight and narrow here because it's one thing to be black it's another to be your kind of black because again we've seen that when there are are black men with with darker skin tones there seems to be even more aggressiveness by police i think in general i think people uh white people tend to be more scared of the darker uh, skin tones of african-americans and um and I can tell you right now that he is fully aware of his situation. He absolutely tries to uh, toe the line and, um, and and be responsible. I mean, he wants – he's got three children. He wants to be there for them. And uh, him and I have had these conversations where he is – he's almost surprised at the way I talk with him because I'm – I even had a conversation with him. I remember the first black person that I was exposed to in my rural Minnesota town as a kid. And that was my one of my best friends from kindergarten. It was his stepdad. And his stepdad had a loud, booming voice and, um, you know, was someone that was fairly intimidating. Um, and that has nothing to do necessarily with his skin. He just was a very intimidating figure as well. When... And I told I told Charlie this, my my brother-in-law here, that um, it was because of his influence on my friend that I got into like rap music. Right, my first album that I ever bought was Coolio, <laughs> um, and he also was into like some of that early '90s rap. Like Doc, that was the first person that ever heard the the name Dr. Dre, right? Um, and, and Easy E. So that influence there exposed me early to rap and hip-hop and a lot of the rap and hip-hop from those days was a lot of stories from the streets right and when when this stuff kind of goes down and we see people like taken aback by what do you mean like what do you mean there's still racism in this country it drives me insane because it's like if you look just simply at at the lyrics of those people that you listened to and bumped in your car and, and thought this was all a party, like they weren't freaking lying. They weren't just making this up. And this is real life to them. And you guys, and, and there's people out here in Minnesota that are like, eh, it was, it's just, it's just stories. No. It, it, and I guess when I was talking to him mostly, and I'm kind of been rambling here, but 
I guess the big thing is, is like, that was like my first real like exposure to African-American because for the most part, my family are German and French white Americans. We emigrated from Canada after we emigrated from France. Like that's, I'm as white and plain as it can be. But that early influence really changed my mind uh, and, and and stuck with me as I grew up. And, and Charlie, when I have these conversations, he's really surprised at at where I'm standing on this because I don't stand, or I, I stand in solidarity with with Black Lives Matter and and these protests and demanding justice for these um, these heinous crimes and and again like i said in the in the previous segment these this police officers essentially being a judge jury and executioner and i you know he the the, the and what i'm getting here at is that the the thing with charlie what he always thought is like if you you know if you grew up a certain way you kind of were with that like you know um if your family was a certain way like that's just what you stuck with. You didn't really branch out and, and make up minds for yourself. And and uh, I guess I was kind of taken aback by that. Like really, you you you, you don't think that uh, you have some confidence in us a little bit to to make our own decisions. That we can see what like, my cousins or my aunts and uncles and stuff are doing or saying out there, and I can disagree with them and make up my own decisions about race and relations and things like that. But that's kind of what he was getting at there a little bit is that he was surprised um, because he doesn't feel like there's really truly um, an understanding of, uh, of what the black community goes through. And this is a guy who gets pulled over uh, quite a bit just going to and from work. And because he's, uh, again, a darker skin tone of, of black, uh, he's pulled over and, and searched quite a bit. And it's... Uh, it's one of those things where like it could it could easily be him one of these times so anyways uh, that was kind of my soapbox on this uh, I don't even know where I was going with it other than to say like I'm having conversations with people that I'm close to who also happen to be African American and um, and trying to get understanding from them and, and basically what I'm hearing is that you know, the 4th of July, the, the, the we, we kind of go through this and he's, he can only shake his head because he doesn't feel like much is really changing. Even, even if this is sort of encouraging compared to any other time in, uh, in recent history that anything might change. It just it doesn't necessarily feel like it's going to happen. I mean, I think that's one of like the hardest things to, to get other people to do is to just like recognize that the world that they surround themselves with is not the reality of most people you know even just talking about like the 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 pandemic that we're dealing with right now you know i've talked to people who are just like well you know i don't really know people that have lost jobs or people have gotten sick so like to me like that's just not real and it's like well you're just not surrounding yourself with those people just because that's not your reality doesn't mean that it's made up and a hoax and fake right and you know just just a story you know there are actually people that are that are dealing with these types of things and so i think that's just one of the most challenging things of just being a human being is just understanding that the way that your life is is completely different from everybody else and 
to get people to, to want to help improve the lives of people around them, even though they don't know them or don't experience the same things in, as them is, is extremely difficult. And I think that's what we're, we're starting to see with the NBA protesting and the MLB protests now is just, you know, they're trying to affect the lives around them when these guys are millionaires. They have like nothing to lose. Like they're going to be fine. They could all lose their jobs tomorrow and they'll never have to work another day in their life. So, you know, it takes people to be cognizant of of the lives around them to, to make true, true change. And it's really difficult to see that because I think that um, you get so much individualism pounded into you um, from uh, from a very young age and, and you know you don't um, America isn't a, a country that values empathy or um, you know uh, being able to uh, to see a community outside of yourself and, and maybe the, the people that are, are very closest to you and I think that that's kind of um, you know the uh, the lack of changes, especially like in Minneapolis, right when uh, when the city council said that they were going to defund the police, and then they didn't. Um, like that stuff is disappointing to see, but I think that uh, that seeing uh, the people uh, of um, uh, of the Twin Cities locally and then uh, nationally too, um, you're seeing more people. Uh, get involved and uh, and working to uh, to help their communities uh, in a way that uh, that you were not seeing at all before. And, and and if there's anything that's encouraging, it's that it's not nearly enough, especially um, when you look at uh, how little you know someone individually in the uh, in the Twin Cities, how little power that they would have as compared to like the people who are on city councils and, and uh and etc have um but uh it is it is nice to see that uh that there is more uh there is more listening there is more empathy but um i am worried that maybe this time around with jacob blake that there's going to be people that say what we tried with george floyd George Floyd, we tried, we didn't get anywhere. And so, and as white people, they can feel good about themselves and pat themselves on the back and say, I went out and protested and nothing really changed. But that, hey, they were part of it for a little bit. And I don't think that we should be relenting because I'll tell you what, Derek Chauvin, the Minneapolis Police Department did not relent when George Floyd was gasping for air. So we should not relent either. We need to demand justice. We need to get change. And uh, we shouldn't be giving up. We shouldn't just be giving it the old uh, college try. It should be something that we continue to do every day. All right. Uh, I'm going to take one more break here. Uh, take a breath. You're listening to Locked on Wild. Hey, Wild fans. I just want to take a moment and talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. And let me tell you, you need a protein bar during your day. I know I do because when I am in the middle of the day like this and it is it is it is creeping up like you're in the awkward spot right between breakfast and when you're gonna eat again, right? You're just like, I am so hungry right now. I need to grab something. And what are you going to re- reach for, right? Are you going to reach for, I don't know, uh, some chips? You don't want to reach for some chips. You'll feel so bad. 
if you eat chips. Uh, how about the uh, how about the box of cookies that you have on the freezer so they don't melt? Uh, no, you don't want to do that either. That's a dessert thing. This isn't dessert. You need energy now, and you need energy that's going to last you the entire day. That's why you need BuiltBar.com. They've got 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors like uh, Cherry Barcia, for example, which is pretty funny. Uh, caramel Brownie, Carrot Cake, uh, and then, uh, of course, uh, standard favorites like peanut butter, salted caramel, double chocolate, all delicious. 18 different ones. You can mix and match them. And, and, and for a limited time, you can get $10 off any order. And that includes anybody who's ordered Built Bar through us before. You can go there again and get $10 off your order. Just enter the promo code Locked On to save $10 off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back for the final segment of Locked on Wild. It's Joe and Tony from 10krinks.com. 10krinks.com is your zone coverage wild community. Check that out. Bookmark it. It's uh, where you can find all of Tony and I's. Tony and is it me? Mine? Tony and my, Tony's and mine? You're killing it, Joe. <laughs> I know. You can follow our content, our written content, on 10krinks.com. Uh, check that out. Tony, um... I suppose we got to find a way to move on here. What what else you got on the docket for today? Let's, Joe, let's talk about what hockey players really care about on a day like this, and that is the Logan Couture maybe getting punched in the face. I, I go back and forth between this never happened and this is very funny. Okay. So uh, he, he went on Twitter this morning and, and said that uh, that he was talking about uh, about uh, voting for Trump or, or supporting Donald Trump at a bar uh, in Canada and uh, and somebody just punching him in the face over that uh, and and then he uh, he was not mad at all about this on Twitter as he uh, he tweeted about this for a couple hours uh, people dunked on him. He called out uh, a, uh, a reporter uh, for uh, for liking a tweet or retweeting a tweet that was uh, dunking on, on Couture because uh, Couture had one of those notes app uh, things. Uh, it was one of those notes, those Apple phone notes app, like long written out. Yeah, diary. like statements, I, I, I guess is, yeah, is the right go. word. Um, but he had a notes app statement. Uh, saying, you know, like, oh, we gotta, we gotta be listening and learning, which, you know, good stuff to hear, uh, especially in the hockey world. But uh, if he is talking about Trump in a bar in a way that is uh, is is getting him punched in the face, I think it's right to uh, to question uh, what he learned. Anyway, he uh, he uh, saw somebody uh, point this out, and then uh, and and then a, a reporter retweet. Somebody pointing out uh, Couture's statement ab- about uh, about racism and how uh, it needs to be uh, to be fixed, um, and uh, and I like snitched to uh, to her employer. It looks like okay. Uh, so that was the thing. I I, I I don't know if you have anything to add, Derek. Well, I'm I'm well. Sorry, I know Derek. You want to go, but I'm just. Do you pay attention to the people that actually like certain posts? Because. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd ever get upset about somebody liking a tweet in which I got dunked on. Because I, I wouldn't go looking for that. I wouldn't. How would you have the time, right? Like if I'm him and I have these tens of thousands of, or if not more, followers. Like if I said anything, it's gonna just like my phone's just gonna buzz for an hour and a half. Like, 
So he's just sitting there watching it the whole time, like just waiting for like a checkmark name to pop up so he can go like look up what their deal is. Yeah, so it, the one thing I want to say about this is like I woke up this morning and I saw this tweet. It was like sent like two minutes before I woke up <laughs> and I saw this tweet. And the very first thing I did was go to Google and I Googled who can vote in the U.S. And I scrolled through and I saw that Canadians cannot vote in the U.S. So I was pleased. <laughs> but for a, a minute, I was really, really concerned that the rules had been changed without me being told. Because otherwise, I don't know why you even talk about it in public. <laughs> uh, Logan Couture is, uh, is is clearly planning for voter fraud. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we need to audit his voter records for sure. Yeah. Like, there's got to be something. We we gotta we we gotta get to the bottom of this, but like he is a multimillionaire. He has so much money. He could literally be doing anything, and it anything. he's choosing to to post and look like a complete moron on Twitter. Yeah, and, and like who knows what it was like eight in the morning that he's tweeting this too. So like either he hadn't been to bed if he was like out at the bars, or. He just slept on it, woke up, and he's like, all right, here's some shit. Let's talk about me getting punched last night. I got to get this off my chest. Like, nobody cares, dude. I don't know if that's something you go out in public and say, look, I got punched because I'm a, you know. Yeah. Bigot. Well, it's just like it's just a, it's just like a persecution complex, which is uh, not uh, fun to, to see from uh, from anyone. And it's definitely not fun to see from a uh, uh, white multimillionaire who has not uh, <laughs> any sort of experience in, in the real world, much less facing real persecution. Right, exactly. All right, I think that'll do it for today's show. Tony, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me. I, I will not make any notes app apologies, uh, non-apologies like Logan Couture did tonight. Um, but you can see uh, my tweets, my thoughts, my work at Tony on Twitter. And you can find my articles at 10krinks.com. And uh, Derek, thank you for joining today. Uh, where can we find you? Uh, you can follow my hot takes at State of Stats on Twitter. And you're just a hot take artist, right? That's all I do all day, every day. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right, then. Then you can follow me on Twitter at JoeBoo15. That will do it for today's show. If you liked today's show, please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work. Please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. It does help us get found and discovered by other wild fans such as yourself. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look us up at Locked on Wild. You can also get in touch with us via email. Drop us a line at LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Please support our sponsors because they support us. Thank you for listening to Locked on Wild. Be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your team every day. <laughs>